he with the courage to fail will live forever. It's the one in the shadows who will be forgotten, who will dissolve with time. Because while a safe existence temporarily guarantees that our needs will be met, it also promises a certain mortality. See, a hundred years from now, we will be gone. Like sand on a beach or snow falling from the sky. Nothing will separate us from the physical world. But the stories we leave will transcend time. These stories are the culmination of the very best this world has to offer. They are what you get when you push through the smokescreen. Find what matters when you would trip over your feet one million times, climb stone after stone just to see the view from atop of your dream. And then comes the inevitable question, why? Why risk it all? Why dream of greener pastures, of settling for nothing but the best? Because to those peering out from the shadows, your existence is trivial. It's unnecessary, it's inexplicable. But we are not rational beings. And that's okay, maybe that's the way it should be. I would go as far as to say that a safe existence is the crazy thing. That to not soak up every ray of sunlight, swim in every body of water, run through every field possible, that is crazy. To not give in to that desire is crazy. And for what? So that we don't get condescending looks from faces we don't know? I've fallen. I have fallen and I will fall over and over again. And I promise you this. Because to remain upright is to watch the world go by and I refuse to. This view from my window is fine, but the view from outside is unparalleled. Nothing is of more value than what we get when we chase the intangibles, follow the music, leave the expectations in search of the possibilities, because the former has a defined limit and the latter has no end. It's where some go right and others go left, where the ones afraid to get mud on their knees or sweat on their hands draw a circle around themselves and call you crazy. But there's nothing crazy about why you do it. There's nothing crazy about happiness, success. There's nothing crazy about passion. These things are immortal. They remain long after we do. They are the very essence of what it means to live. That compulsion to walk away from a scripted story is not wrong. It's what's beautiful with this world. It's your reason to struggle, to fight, to persevere, because no matter how many times you fall, you will rise again.
If you knew exactly how long you were going to be alive, would things be different? Imagine if every morning you were able to look into an hourglass that showed you exactly how much time you have, removing any unknowns or uncertainty. Would you approach your days differently? Certainly time would feel more real. Every grain of sand that slipped by would remind us of our mortality, of the days come and gone. But what about the sand that's left? In the possibilities yet to be explored. In this fast-paced world we live in, it's very easy to get caught up, to go into autopilot, to do what everyone else is doing without ever taking a second to examine ourselves. Every day, the sand in that hourglass gets lesser and lesser. And if you don't ask yourself what your purpose is, what makes you happy, what you're going to bring to the world, now someday you'll be all out of time. Our stay here is finite. You know, I often talk to people about their goals and aspirations, what makes them happy. And I find it crazy how many restrictions people place on themselves. Human beings put a man on the moon. Think about that for a second. Yet it wouldn't be possible for you to record an album or start an interior design company. Explain that to me. There is this fear of the unknown that's debilitating. We're all scared to fail. We're scared to mess with the status quo, even when we're not content with how things are. We'll ride it out. Because unhappiness appears better than uncertainty. This in itself is a tragedy. I saw a great quote the other day. It said, human beings are the only life form that will do less than they possibly can. There's never been a tree that didn't grow as tall as it possibly could. They're hardwired to do that. Us, on the other hand, we have the gift of choice, which is a blessing, yes, but it's also a curse. It's something to hide behind. We'll forfeit the opportunity to be great because that comes with a hefty price of risk. Okay, in reality, we don't know how many trips around the sun we have. It is and always will be a mysterious component of life. But regardless of your journey, what you've done, what you've yet to do, there is no time for regret. So go after what you want. Work hard at something you love. Wake up excited. Go to bed content. Be a dreamer. Make things happen. Being born was the hardest part. You've already done that. You've already won the lottery. You're here. You're experiencing everything the world has to offer. It's just 
statistically, that is a miracle. All you have to do is cash in on your lottery ticket. Every day, there is a specific decision you have to make. It's the first and it's the most important decision, because from it, you effectively roadmap your destiny. What I'm referring to is the choice to either have a positive outlook or to allow negativity and doubt to chart your course. It's a dilemma that truly is that simple. Every morning, you choose how you want to view the obstacles ahead of you. And what you get out of life will be very different depending on your decision. There's an old Cherokee legend that touches on this conflict. And in the story, there's an older man, he's talking to his grandson about life. He explains that inside all people, there's this fight going on. The struggle consists of two wolves. One manifests itself through negative energy. He's anger, envy, sorrow, inferiority, all that is evil. The other is joy, compassion, faith, truth, all that is good. So he finishes explaining this. The boy sits there, he thinks about it for a minute. He asks his grandfather, well, which one wins? The grandfather replies, whichever one you feed. What we sometimes forget is that we are the sole makers of our own destiny. There are always going to be external factors, whatever they may be, negative people, tough circumstances, maybe a lack of resources. They'll be there, but they cannot dictate your happiness or your success unless you let them. Yeah, they may cause you to alter your approach. You might have to make adjustments. That's good. That's how we develop. That's how we improve. But no one and nothing writes your story but you.
Your attitude, your emotions, they directly coincide with how you see the world. So anytime you feel discouraged, negative, envious, anything that's not positive, just stop. Don't waste your time with thoughts that aren't bringing you closer to your goal. There's just no value in it. Tony Robbins says this beautifully. He says, you have to be the guardian of your own mind. Allow in only what will help you. Because God knows the world will crush you if you let it. So take the wheel. What you need to do tomorrow when you wake up is look at yourself hard in the mirror. Make a conscious decision to feed the good wolf. You'll be amazed at how far it will take you. You move up to the starting line. You're waiting, thinking about what's in front of you. Essentially, you have 2,000 meters. That's more or less six minutes to determine your fate. In the grand scheme of things, it equates to a grain of sand on a beach, a bucket of water in the ocean, right? Six minutes is nothing. But at the very same time, it's everything. Because when you dissect it, it's not just about those six minutes, is it? It's about hour after hour, day after day of sacrifice, of carving out your place amongst the elite. And your measuring stick is a race that takes a little bit longer than it does for you to brush your teeth in the morning. That's all. So the gun fires, the race starts, and almost immediately that inevitable pain sets in, right? You take one stroke at a time, one second at a time, executing a race plan, maintaining composure, and before you know it, you've crossed the finish line, done. Just like that. And now those six minutes not only symbolize all the preparation leading up to the race, but now they set the table for everything ahead. The result of that six minute race is just as much a part of you now as the legs that pushed you through. It's what you have to take with you, to think, to reflect on, to build from. And my point is, opportunities come and they go quickly. A window for execution is often so small that before you know it, it's gone. You're left holding on to a result that better be favorable because it encompasses everything that remains. The ones who can capture, who can truly make the most of those brief moments are the ones who will rise to the top. The ones that can see that six minutes of suffering is a small price to pay for a lifetime of pride. 
So when you find yourself mid-race in the heat of the moment, you can take it second by second. You can focus on the now, on evading the pain to get to your result. Or you can think about it a little differently. You can think about every day from now moving forward. Because long after the discomfort has subsided, and it's just you, you and your thoughts, you will remember how you walked away. What will those six minutes have left you with? How will you have turned your opportunity into something that will change your life? Next time you are at the starting line, whether it be in sports, whether it be with family, whether it be at work, know that you will face those six-minute stretches, those moments where you know that the time ahead of you will suck. But just like a race, it will come and it will go. It's your performance, the result, that's going to mean everything. So come prepared to treat those six minutes like they are life and death. Fight like hell. Because the pain will subside. The victory will not. You had a vision, a vision to build something that they've never seen before. But they gave it one look and called it insanity. You worked hour after hour for little reward. They watched from a distance and deemed it irrational. You simplified your life until it consisted of only your goal. But amidst convoluted objectives and routines, they declared it a tragedy. You failed and you failed, but you would not give in. And entertained by this struggle, they called you stubborn. Through it all, you never lost faith. They sat back and called it delusional. And then something happened. You succeeded. You succeeded like no one else before. And when you shared your result, they called it genius. When you told your story, they admired the persistence. When you uncovered your knowledge, your learning, your expertise, they asked for advice. See, you provided a blueprint, yet few people follow. Now they call you gifted, lucky, and you shake your head because as you made that climb, something became very obvious to you. 
this word, insanity, defined as extreme foolishness or irrationality, this is what got you to where you are today. And on the surface, when you took that first step, it was insanity. You left what was known, you were questioned, doubted, you looked inexperienced, you fell on your face. And hour after hour, you prayed that it was not in vain, and some days it felt like it was. But every single day, you left something behind. The things that you'd outgrown, the things that would have surrounded your every move had you stayed in that spot, had you been intimidated by the depths of what they call insanity. But you didn't. You traded them for a chance to get what matters most. And now as you gain perspective, you see what was insane yesterday is now everyday reality. It's what you do without giving it a second thought. And you want more. Just the taste means you want more. To see what's out there. To see how far you can push. That is life. And as you prepare to continue down the road ahead of you, the peaks, the valleys, the twists, the turns, the ups and the downs, you realize that the only thing in this world that qualifies as insanity is being unwilling to take that next step. The fear of standing out, of being different, of living a life that was meant for you, that you deserve. Because to disregard that opportunity Oh, the insanity. Having a short-term memory is integral to success in anything. And what I mean by that is the ability to learn from your failures and then completely dismiss them. People struggle because they carry specific instances of failure with them, right? It's a human response. Emotions play into our decision-making. The problem is there are emotions that don't need to be there, right? They've had their time, they've served their purpose, but now they really don't bring any more value. Right, and while experience is crucial, I mean, we can't move forward without it, we need to make sure we're utilizing it the best way, right? We're really capturing the things that bring value to us, not hold us back. You can't cling on to the things, to the experiences that don't help you. It's like trying to swim with the weight around your ankles, right? It's not gonna help you do anything. And to really drive this point home, I'm gonna talk about baseball for a second. Because in baseball, you have this sport where failing 70% of the time puts you in an elite category, right? Batting 300 means you are getting a hit three out of every 10 times. And doing this consistently not only makes you elite, but it could possibly get you into the Hall of Fame, right? To be held as one of the best to ever play. So a few things. What are these guys doing between hits? How are they handling the swings and misses? Because trust me, they spend a lot more time doing that than hitting line drives. And that's what we should be paying attention to. The answer comes down to having a short-term memory. 
how they look at task in front of them and their perspective on what they need to accomplish. They strike out, they pop out, they ground out, fine. They learn from it and it's gone, it's evaporated. Never to be thought of again because it's now a statistic that's only purpose is to help them improve their performance. Right? But the possibility of getting on base in your next at bat is what's important now. That's where the focus goes. Otherwise, these guys would be walking around like the world is ending all day, every day. If it takes getting out seven times to get on base, so be it. But it's part of the process, right? That's what we need to remember. Every at bat will not be a home run. In fact, most will not be. But we need those failures. We need them because they show us how to become better, how to tweak and refine our approach, how to build. Because with every mistake comes not a reason to beat down or hold back, but something to gain. Capture the advantage and move on. Think of having a backpack, limited capacity. The things you put in there should provide value on your trip. You're not going to put things in there that you don't need, that weigh you down, that won't help you get to your destination, right? And that's no different than your other experiences. I've said it before. It's impossible to be positive all the time. It just is. As human beings, we have emotions. We go through ups. We go through downs. However, it's not impossible to train yourself to take the positive from every situation in your life. Take that value and then move the hell on because life is about value. And once you've captured it, continue gaining. Go make the good stuff happen. Forget about the things that weigh you down. Great minds don't waste their capacity on thoughts that don't propel them. If there's no value in it, let it go. Everyone wants something. We all have goals, desires. I think that's a pretty safe assumption. Yet 99% of people either never make a move toward what they want or they burn out, right? The gym is always a lot less crowded May 1st than it is January 1st. When that realization hits that improving yourself won't be some walk in the park. You know, people begin to fall off. It's no longer worth it for them. So how do successful people get past that monotony, that struggle? What is the mindset that supports that growth? Because obviously that's key, right? Athletes, entertainers, all these people that are successful in the business world, it's not so much their genetics that separate their potential from yours, as it is their mentality and how they view the world as an instrument, not an inhibitor. They know with 100% certainty that pushing, pushing, pushing will get them what they want. 
And this confidence enables them to deal with all the negativity and the suffering they have to face to get there. It's a means to an end. John Paul DeJoria. Guy is a billionaire. He founded Patron Liquors, Paul Mitchell Hair Products. And at one point in his life, this guy's living in LA, sleeping in the back of his car with his son, right? Homeless, he has nothing. And I was recently listening to one of his talks. Someone asked him, you know, John Paul, how can I be more like you? How can I be the next big billionaire entrepreneur? And he says, I have two pieces of advice for you that are instrumental to any success you'll have. The first one is you need to acknowledge and accept that doors are going to be slammed in your face all the time. If you don't have the strength in yourself to keep walking, to keep moving to the next door, then you don't really have a shot. The second thing he said is you need to be as enthusiastic on the 51st door that you knock on as you were on the first door. Because yes, door one through 50 could shut right in your face. But that 51st door could just be the one that changes your life. But if you give in or you let your energy fade, you know, after a few failures, a couple negative experiences, you'll never be able to walk through it. And what a tragedy that would be. Arnold Schwarzenegger, back in his bodybuilding days, you know, he's Mr. Universe, best bodybuilder in the world. He goes through these grueling five-hour-a-day training sessions. Someone asks him, hey, Arnold, how come every time I see you at the gym, you're smiling? Right, I look at the other bodybuilders in here. You know, they're not smiling. They're very focused, very serious looks on their faces. And he says, because every rep I do, regardless of how bad it hurts, takes me one step closer to my goal. And that satisfaction brings me more happiness than anything else in the world. Both of these guys bring context to what it means to be truly committed to something. To what must be endured between right now, as you're listening to me speak, and the time you open your 51st door. When the gym, the office, the library, you know, whatever it is in your context, when it starts to feel like a burden and you'd rather be on the couch or you'd rather be out with your friends, remind yourself of what that door opening is going to feel like and why concentrating on your next step forward means everything. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. It's from an old Chinese proverb. Most people have heard it or have come across it at some point. And the meaning's pretty straightforward, right? It advocates having the courage to take that step towards a goal. And that's huge. You know, making that decision to move forward towards something you want. But it's what happens immediately following that first step that I'm interested in. 
What happens when the journey's begun? And it's you and your goal, and all of a sudden you realize how long that road ahead really is. Now this is a turning point for a lot of people. And those who can succeed are able to take their daunting, intimidating goal or journey and see it for what it really is. Just a bunch of small, manageable tasks strung together. You know, when you look at why people quit, a lot of the time it's because they were overwhelmed by their goals and ambitions. Let's say you have, you know, this wonderful plan in your head to climb a mountain. You're thinking about that feeling of being on top, looking down with pride. Every time you think about it, your heart starts racing. So you pack your stuff, you make your way down to the base of the mountain, and then you look up. Different ball game, right? Now the entire mountain's in front of you, and you realize that that's no small feat. That is when people walk away. When they aren't able to see a challenge as a sum of tiny steps, they see it as a crazy, impossible task. It's like saying you want to be the next Tom Brady or Kobe Bryant. It's a tall mountain to climb. Like trying to hit a target from a mile away. But if you can identify and map out what you need to conquer in order to become a better basketball player or football player and begin taking those small steps, improving every day, that makes dreams real. That's what gives goals life. The ability to see your objective not as a marathon, but as a series of little 400 meter stretches. Stepping stones. You know what your objective is today, tomorrow, the end of the week, and the end of the year. And completing them day by day, these little victories, that's what gives your dream life. It's what gives you momentum. You feel good about the process. And by the way, when things blow up in your face, which happens every so often on this little place we call Earth, you'll have that foundation and that sense of accomplishment to stay focused because your approach is tangible and it's realistic. This applies with everything. Losing a job, a breakup, failing a test. These things are monumental if you allow them to be. You know, they can turn into that unclimbable mountain. Or they can roadmap a new path for you. And if you define what you want, you define success and begin stepping towards it one hour, one day at a time, you'll get where you want to be quicker than you thought. So we hear all the time not to quit, right? Never to give up. It's on interviews, movies, social media, it's all over the place. And that's great, it's a positive message. But I still have to ask the question, what does it truly mean to not quit? Is it the answer or is it an ingredient? We've all had a rough stretch at one point or another. We've all felt derailed, lost something important to us, you know, just had things not happening at the moment. And in this situation, picking up the pieces and getting yourself back on track 
while intimidating, is always manageable, but it's that X factor. Finding that right piece, the piece that will get the wheel turning, that little win. Carving out an opportunity for yourself to make even the slightest progress, even if the impact is so minimal that it almost seems worthless. It is not. The first step is never worthless, no matter how small. I like to use a baseball analogy when having this discussion. Because in baseball, a team's goal undoubtedly is to win. Their priority is to get runs. But there are always games when the bats just are not alive. The offense is struggling. So what happens? The manager's entire mentality around the game changes. A man on first base becomes extremely valuable. The team starts bunting, sacrificing, grounding out, playing small ball, not thinking about a hit, just thinking about moving that runner along, getting him from first base to home plate. Because when that happens, that small victory of getting just that one run on the board, it puts the team in a better position to win. They've progressed, even though they haven't necessarily gotten a hit. They've had minimal offensive production, yet they've made something out of nothing. They've manufactured a run. And it allows them to now focus on the next aspect of winning the game, whatever that may be. Life is no different. Sometimes the baseballs just are not flying over the fence. Sometimes you need to work hard for that next step, that one small win that will turn the tables. Difficult, but always worth doing. It's always there. It's just that achieving those big goals, sometimes they require you to think small, require you to break an objective down into its smallest components before you can build it back up. So when you hear the words, don't quit, I hope you understand the implications. Because it's not a matter of having a positive attitude and just expecting things to work out. It's a matter of combining that winning mentality with the ability to find and achieve your next small win. Even if it's the most trivial. And following it. Follow the road it creates. Allow it to light the path to greater things. Success has no life until you breathe life into it. driving. You're on the freeway and your goal is to get from point A to point B. In this position, you have complete power to dictate your route. 
Right, you turn the wheel one way, the car follows. That's the obvious nature of driving a car. You are in control. And on the drive, you might have a friend sitting right next to you. There might be a couple people in the back. These folks in the car add a different dynamic to your trip. They might make it more enjoyable, maybe less enjoyable depending on who they are, but they're with you along for the ride. In terms of arriving at your final destination, their presence really has no impact. You are the one in control. So take this concept and apply it to your everyday life. Okay, in this analogy, you are just you. Your wants, your passions, your goals, that encompasses who you are. You're the captain of your ship. Everything else, the emotions, your mind, your body, these are passengers on your trip. Just like your buddy riding shotgun, they are there, but they do not navigate. They are a product of your environment. When you're working towards something and an inevitable setback occurs, the first thing your emotions create are feelings of anger, anxiety, and fear. When you become overwhelmed, the first thing your mind tries to do is to create ways to rationalize, reasons to stop and quit. When you need to go to the gym, you need to be productive, but your body is tired. You become far less likely to get the job done. All of these examples are emotions, mind, and body attempting to take the wheel from you, to take control. They will succeed if you allow them, or they will fail if you stop them, but they have no claim to you. They're just along for the ride. And my point is, if you can recognize these occurrences when they pop up and dismiss them as passengers, continue driving towards your goal, you'll be a very tough person to stop. You'll be able to look past fear, knowing that it's just a minor detail. You'll be able to crush the unsolicited negative thoughts that pop into your head, knowing that they mean nothing. You'll have the foresight to condition and use your body as a tool rather than ever allow it to slow you down. What you're doing is taking everything that human biology has been hardwired to accomplish and forcing it to work in your favor, to work for you. Do we need emotions, our mind, our body? Of course we do. They're integral to who we are. But they are part of the trip. They are not quarterbacking. So make them the best they can be to support your goals. Train them, build yourself up, but you, your ambitions and your dreams drive success. Your mind, emotions, and body, while present, while important, they do not have the wheel. They are merely passengers on your journey to something better. <laughs>